And I think when you're first getting started, it's easy to think, I just need laborers in this type of a business. I just need people. And so we had these high school kids, and then we had these guys that were maybe mm, convicted felons. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Can you sometimes mislead somebody telling them the truth? Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast, and I think we'll get to that question in a minute. So at the end of the last episode, we were talking about where we were in our story where Dale and I were in Albuquerque, and we had just brought out Nate. Uh, yeah, Ken Ken came out and went back because right. he had a job. Nate comes out. He's full-time. He was but, kind of our first full-time worker. But we're, we're still... we. We had the big influx of work coming out of the home show. Now we're starting to get traction. We're doing some advertising now. We're getting calls from the advertising. And with three, we still weren't able to keep up. So we realized we've got to keep growing. Yeah. And so here's the the picture. There's two of us living in Albuquerque, or two families living in Albuquerque. We really don't have any connections. We don't, we don't have anybody. any good way to hire people. So we took some referrals. There were some uh, people that uh, maybe we had gone to church with and they had friends that were you know, high school age. So we really had two pools that we were kind of gathering our crew from at the time. One was high school kids. High school kids. Right? They, they, these kids on summer break, they needed something to do, and their parents said, hey, uh, they could they could do some work for you. And then the second one was this pool that we kind of attracted, and I'm not even sure how we got the first one. I think we ran an ad. Did we run I an think ad? we did run an ad. But we ended up getting guys that, um, I want to see how I can say this politely, but uh, they probably weren't the image that we would want to portray today. And really, they weren't even the image we wanted to portray <laughs> then, but they were bodies. And I think when you're first getting started, it's easy to think, I just need laborers yep. in this type of a business. I just need people. And so we had these high school kids, and then we had these guys that were maybe mm, convicted felons. <laughs> I mean, guys that would uh, you know, miss work, and you'd find out later it was because they were in jail for the in night. In fairness to us, we did not pick that up in the background screening. Yeah, it was true, because there was no background because screening no at background the time. Screening. I think that, uh, but that we, came but later. But we didn't know they were felons. I think No, we weren't purposefully seeking Maybe felons. we could have put two and two together, but we really needed some workers. But it's a good lesson in like draws like. So when you added a high we school hired, kid, you tended to get their friends, and we added more high school kids. And when you added the first uh, jailbird, you tend to attract more. You know, they're sitting in the jail cell telling their other friends, "Hey, when you get out, I've got a place you can come work." And we say that it's kind of it's, it's a little joking, but but there's actually truth behind it. Yeah. I mean, the in the 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 reality is, at any point, we could have said, "You know what? This hiring people doesn't work. Right? These these guys are." I mean, we've got some crazy stories. I mean, we and these happen at different times. They maybe weren't all right here, but I mean, we have the the one guy who was arrested. We had Matt, right? We and hired Matt was first, and then he referred, he, he his, referred friend, his friend Matt, who was also named Matt. So we called him Matt, Matt too. Yes. So we have Matt and Matt too. Uh, we have a guy named Jerome. We had a guy named Ruben. But these guys were, um, you know, they were just looking for a paycheck. 
so they could go spend it on things we probably didn't approve of on, on the weekends. But one time we had a, a guy didn't show up for work and we asked him what happened and he was arrested on the way to work. <laughs> and when we dug into the story a little bit, he said he was just cutting through somebody's backyard. Well, if if any of you have been to Albuquerque, Albuquerque's backyards, they are all enclosed with cinder block walls. And so you have about a five, six foot cinder block wall and, you know, gates to get into the backyard. So you don't just. You don't you just know, stroll, stroll through somebody's, through somebody's backyard. backyard. You have jumped work. a wall to get into their backyard. And he said he was just trying to take a shortcut. I don't know what the real story was there, but I'm going to guess the cops probably had a little bit better perspective on the truth than he did when we heard that story. And uh, <laughs> we, we, we've got a few stories we're going to share here, but I, I just want to pause for a moment. I'm going to say, <clears throat> hopefully we had an opportunity to make an impact in the lives of those, those yeah. guys um, through the work we did, the jobs we did, what have you. And I am sure that um, some of those guys are a different place today than they were then. But there's certainly, um, if we went back and we were saying, because we run a business where, you know, integrity, quality, innovation are cores of Foreverlon. And this is before the Foreverlon days, but it was the start of our time in business. We probably wouldn't have recommended starting with this group of people. <laughs> right? No, That's fair to say. That is fair. Um, but it is where we were at. It, it It is what we were doing. And we were learning. And like you said, Brian, I don't know if we truly, fully understood the like draws like and that we were building a team, even if these guys could work hard and some of them were very good workers. Mm -hmm. um, they're good at the shovel. There, there's that image that we're portraying. There's that message that we're sending to customers and clients and things with how we present ourselves and, and who we are on the job. So it goes a lot further than just having people that work well. And um, I think that's a lesson that we've learned. Like like you said, hopefully we had some impact on, on these, but there was impact on us too, because from each of these experiences you learn and you could say, wow, you can't hire a laborer or you can't hire someone that's going to work. Well, that's not the right answer. It's just, you need to change a little bit about what you're looking for. And today when we're hiring installers and we're, we're coaching a new dealer and what to look for as they hire people, we coach them a little differently because of some of these experiences that we went through. Right. One of the things you're trying to do is paint a vision and hire somebody for what they can be in the position they can have in the future, not necessarily the position you need in the moment. But just, remember? just a couple of the funny stories that we went through there. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you remember about the frog? No. The broken I frog? We were, we oh, were doing, yes. We were doing a backyard. This was great. And there were all these ceramic frogs all over the backyard. It had to be 30 or 40 ceramic frogs. I don't know what this couple did with these ceramic frogs, but they were all over their pet. They liked them. They were important. And one of our guys knocked over a frog and broke it. Yes. And nobody fessed up to it. And nope. we, you, you know, somebody knocked it over. Somebody had to know they did it because you hear it crash. You realize it, but. Because of the crew we had and because of the way things were going, nobody would fess up to it. So we ended up having to pay the customer, I don't know, $150, $200 for the ceramic frog, which was a lot of money that was, at that time. Yeah. But it was such a frustrating moment. But that's the result of the crew we had created and built at that time. Yeah, I remember one time we had a guy come to the office and he was wearing shorts, which we don't recommend for you know our install team, but especially not for him because as he was walking across the parking lot, he had some was, jewelry on. There was something blinking on his ankle, and I'm like, 
what is on your ankle, Jerome? And he's what? He said, you know, the, I got this one. <laughs> let me... <laughs> Let me out on My parole. parole officer he said, I'm on house arrest. I can only go, go from home to work and work to home. And I'm like, you can't be working in somebody's backyard with this blinking thing on your ankle. And we we had standards. So of we sent him home sent to put pants on. To get pants. That's <laughs> and come right. back to work. <laughs> but that did start. He did break down shortly after that because he didn't feel like we respected him enough. Um, yeah. And so maybe we could have handled that differently and been a little more public. I'm, look, I'm I'm sure we had tremendous opportunities for growth um, in how we interviewed people, how we selected people, and how we handled them once they were on board. We have grown a lot in the last 20, 19, 20 years. Um, yeah, like were, today, if somebody came to work with an ankle bracelet on, ready to go to somebody's backyard. My answer would wouldn't be, be put pants on. Yeah. It, would, it would be, it would be a different, we probably need to, to look at a different direction here. We had the one time Matt was, uh, didn't show up for work for, and, and we wouldn't get calls. People just wouldn't show up. <laughs> and it was, uh, multiple days that he just didn't appear. And then one day he shows up like in the morning, like he's just ready to work. And we're like, <laughs> where'd Matt, you come from? You haven't been here for three days. And, he had some crazy stories about, you know, I'm sure there were some. <laughs> yeah, we won't tell all the story, but the basics of it was he found himself in a house up on a mountain far away from home, and he didn't know how he got there. <laughs> and there were, yes, there were other people and other <laughs> substances involved. And But so anyway, when he came down off the mountaintop experience, he thought he'd just stroll back into work. And, and. We're like Matt. You can't just just show up and start working. Like you've you've forfeited. You, you know you're you're fired. We we had he had crossed a line. We had to get rid of him, so we fired him. And Matt just went off. He's storming around the office and yelling. And so he goes out in the parking lot, and we're in this little strip plaza, and he just revs up his car, and you can hear him peeling out <laughs> down through the parking lot. And he takes his shirt, and he stops in front of our door, takes his shirt off, the shirt that he's wearing that had our company name on it, and fires it at the door and yells at us. And he's, you know, he makes his move and runs off into the distance. And I'm just like, that was the crew. Those were the building blocks we were using to build this business. Yeah, and Matt, too, Matt's um, partner. Was good. We really Matt liked partner, Matt, too. Matt, too, was good, was a good worker. He stayed with us and continued on, I think, for several months beyond yeah. that. But then we had a job in Texas one time, and we were going to go. We wanted him to travel with us to do that job, and he informed us he couldn't because, because he was there was a warrant out for his yeah. arrest in had, the state of Texas. He had apparently violated, <laughs> he was on parole in Texas, had violated his parole, and was in Albuquerque, and if he went back into Texas, they would arrest him, and that started a whole thing. And that was the end of Matt too, as well. Yeah, and then the other side, you talked about the high school kids. These were, um, and and I think they were referred. I, I honestly don't remember for sure, but I think they came from people in or around agree. the church we went I agree. to. And so these were maybe um, um, more of a, I, I don't know, just. We didn't have maybe some of the same issues we would have with them, drugs, prison, things like that, as we had with the other work crew. But what you have with the high school kids is we had a certain level of immaturity. Uh, yeah. We had kids that would uh, drive 45 minutes to the dump and forget to take a shovel. 
Yeah. So they're at the dump and they have no way to get the stuff off the truck. Um, we'd have guys that didn't know how to put the key in the Yeah, do you remember ignition. that? We had to go to Sonic because they had the wrong oh, yeah. key for the truck. And we're like, how could you have the wrong key for the truck? You got two You Sonic. drove there. <laughs> they're like, we're sticking in the ignition and turning it, but it won't turn. And then I don't know if we actually got to the Sonic or we went. We were about a half, you know, it was about a half hour to get there. And then we realized that it's like when that steering wheel locks and you have to like pull the steering yeah. wheel a little bit to get it to well, crank over. I think we realized it. And we were trying to tell them that over the phone, but their answer was it won't work. It just won't work. And so we had, um, we had some fun experiences. Yeah. So uh, around this time, my father-in-law. Um, we got talking and he was, he was still living back in Ohio, Steve. And Steve said, you know what? It sounds like you need somebody to kind of help run this crew. And I said, well, that would be great. And so Steve, um, was kind of in between, uh, his, you know, he was a machinist, worked at a couple of different machine shops and he was in between jobs and said, how about if I come out and work with you for a while? And so Steve came out, actually spent, I think. He did it a couple different times. The first time was about three months. Yeah, three months. He spent kind of running this crew. And I'll tell you what, what a what a godsend that was because that freed up. You know, when you have a crew um, of banditos, vagrants, and high school kids, uh, it is not easy to get things done without you being there. Yeah. it's If, if I look at the, the title of this podcast, we call it Build on the Collective Power of We. You got to make sure who the we is you're building on, because when the we was the first group we described, kind of tough to build on that. But um, this is where we turned the corner and we started getting, you know, we got Steve in and we started building a crew around a central figure and things started to go the right way. Yeah. And Steve was terrific. He did a good job. Uh, You could relate to these kids and direct them, but still... uh, you know, was able to, to free us up from having to be out on the project. So, um, you know, and, and that's just a, you know, sometimes you look at different stories and you always look at yourself as, you know, the hero in the story. And sometimes you've got to look at how you're impacting other people's story. And, you know, that was a point where Steve took time out of what he was doing to, to build into our story and, you know, very appreciative that he did that. And it helped us kind of get to a next level where we realized, hey, there's a difference not just in hiring people to work with you, but in hiring somebody that can orchestrate and run a crew and, uh, you know, do things a little bit differently. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Steve, thank you. (laughs) You're listening to this. What you did for us was amazing that first summer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're talking about building with, with people. we had also expanded to Tucson. We had the experience of us going down to Tucson and doing all those projects at the start of the year. We talked about a few podcasts ago. Well, there was interest. There was some momentum in Tucson, but we couldn't continue to run down to Tucson. It's seven to eight hours away. We have work going on here in Albuquerque. And uh, Randy, the, the gentleman that came out and helped us in the fall, um, he wanted to move to Tucson. So we worked with Randy to get him down. So now, um, we are building on the collective power of we, we are multiplying on our time. We, you know, we're, we're kind of growing and keeping up with what's happening. So we've got Albuquerque going, we've got a crew, we have installers. We now have Randy out in Tucson. Um, it feels like things are really starting to click, but kind of a funny story with Randy. Randy's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, 
when, when we went down, we started running. We'd done, Brian, six, seven jobs. I don't know. We did five that first week. We might hit a couple others after that. Right. Certainly, we did the, the museum home down there in Tucson. Uh, so when we go down in the spring with Randy and we start going out on some of these sales calls, we're trying to help him get some jobs and get started. We kind of ran into to a really interesting situation. This goes back to that opening question. Can you mislead somebody by telling them the truth? And maybe we're parsing it a little bit, but I, I think I want to say you got to make sure the truth is the whole truth because here, here's what actually, why don't you share the story? Yeah, so what we, we were, we were with Randy and Randy was just getting ready to move to Tucson. So he was, uh, he was out there and we were going on some sales calls and we were doing a sales call. And, and for any of you that have done in-home sales, you, you, even any type of sales, you, you, you kind of start to feel a groove and you can kind of feel when somebody's tracking with you. And we measured this backyard, priced it out. Uh, gave the homeowner a price, and she was feeling good about it. She started asking some yeah, buying she, signal questions. You know, when could you get this done? You know, how long does it take? And things are things are cruising. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know how we did it, Brian. I think we must have started getting smarter here, but I think we actually gave her the price Yeah, there because we had, for a period of time, been mailing That's these correct. quotes. And I think in Tucson, maybe we were trying to flip her over a new leaf. So she's in. I mean, she's she, this looks good. We're going to do it. And, and then, then she asks, she asks a, a question. question. She says, so what other projects have you done in the area? And Randy, bless his heart, was trying to be incredibly honest. And Randy's response was, well, I haven't none. done any. I haven't done any. This is this will be my first job. And I, as soon as that happened, it was like the air was let you out of the balloon. You could feel the air it was just the come deflated. gushing Ooh. out of the balloon. <laughs> and I saw what was this sale just disappear. She recoiled and was just kind of like, oh, and then kind of make, I think gave us a brush off. I'll, you know, I'll get back yeah, to you. Talk through it. And sends us away. And it was, we're walking out to the car. I remember saying something to Randy and Randy's still thinking he's got a sale at this point. I'm like, Randy, we, we just lost it. Like we blew it. I said, what, why would you say that? I said, we did probably, I don't know, three different projects within we we had a, a I, I think we had done yeah we had done one job in that same development and, the development that lady's working in we had done six or seven jobs in the last month in Tucson and he tells her he tells her uh, we haven't done any jobs this is my first job I think he said I haven't done any jobs this is my first job so technically what Randy said was correct because he wasn't on those installs. He didn't do those jobs. However, what he did was incredibly mislead that lady um, yep. where because of that, she had fear that we were new. We didn't know what we we're doing. She didn't end up buying. She didn't get the advantages that we were offering her with our product and the solutions we were solving. And she missed out because in trying to be incredibly, literally truthful, Granny was actually dishonest. Yeah. Because we had done work. We had done a lot of work and, and we were we were in great shape to, to work for and take care of that lady. And that's where we talk about building on the collective power of we. And uh, we still do this a lot today as we start new dealers um, you know, across the, the Foreverline uh, landscape. We'll, we'll have dealers that are getting started and somebody says, you know, well, what jobs have you done? And the answer is we. And you can speak with the collective power of what Foreverline has done because they're not just bringing themselves to the table. They're bringing all of the Foreverline experience across the country. 
you know, the work at high profile locations and, and millions of jobs or millions of square feet, thousands of jobs. And if, if they say, well, this is my first, it might technically be accurate, but it's misleading to the customer. They're much better to say, here's what we have done and build on the power of the entire Forever Lawn family. And hey, this works as a parent too. <laughs> if my kids come to me and ask for something and I tell them, I don't think that's a good idea or I'm going to do this, they, they have an out to go search for other answers or they, they can play off of that. If I use the collective power of we, that's got a lot more. <laughs> that's right? a, yes, a interesting twist on it, but absolutely. And I, you know, wherever you guys are, as you're, you're listening to this, hopefully there is a we that you can build on. And whether that's you and other people that you're um, associated with, whether it's family members, uh, don't be so honest that you mislead somebody. And, um, you know, and, and you know, we, we kind of covered two different things here. We talked a lot at the beginning about the crew. If any of you are starting your business, I would encourage you to do a little bit more background screening than we did. Learn from some <laughs> of our mistakes there. But also know, even if you make those mistakes, that, that doesn't mean that hiring people is bad. We could have very easily, having multiple people, you know, have issues. We could have said, well, this hiring a crew doesn't work. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was we needed leadership. The problem was we needed to hire the right people and cast the right vision. And fixing that changed the really the trajectory of our business. Yeah, so. I, I, absolutely. So keep swinging. What it, whatever it is you're doing, um, use some of these stories, use some of these tools, hopefully to help you learn, grow, and develop. But But just keep swinging. Keep in motion. Keep in action. So guys, hopefully you're enjoying this. And again, our goal with this podcast is to share our story. So hopefully you can see yourself in it. You can learn from some of our experiences, both positive and negative, and they can uh, help you to be people of impact in whatever you're doing. So if you're finding value in this podcast, tell somebody about it, share it with a friend. Uh, you know, if you want, take a screenshot uh, of the, the podcast, share it on social media. Um, obviously, we'd love to hear your feedback and appreciate the reviews as well. Get out there and make an impact. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.